This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 361 for Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. And as usual for today's episode, I'm covering the latest news stories that caught my eye for this past week from our good friends over at Petapixel. Canon has a hot shoe problem. Canon's EOS R-series cameras, such as the R5, the R6, and the R6 Mark II, are excellent mirrorless cameras and rival the best available in their respective price ranges. However, since Canon launched its first full-frame mirrorless camera, the original EOS R, in 2018, users have complained about chronically loose hot shoes. Petapixel was made aware of a discussion among photographers about wobbly hot shoe mounts on Canon EOS R5 and R6 cameras, which piqued our curiosity. In short order, what first appeared to be an odd, seemingly isolated incident rapidly spiraled into an expansive web of reports, complaints, and concerns spread across all corners of the internet. There are so many reports of EOS R-series cameras having wobbly hot shoes that it is genuinely surprising that it has not come up on Petapixel before. There are multiple videos with thousands of views about fixing the issue without sending a camera in for repair, which can be costly without warranty coverage or being enrolled in Canon's impressive CPS program. And there are a few videos uh, from YouTube, which you can find in this article in the show notes. Something immediately concerning when watching any of the four DIY repair videos above is that photographers must open their cameras to fix the issue. Before explaining why that is, it is critical to note that users should not open their cameras if they are under warranty, as this type of repair will violate warranty coverage. With that disclaimer out of the way, why must people open their R5 and R6 cameras to tighten loose hot shoes? Well, Canon has been improving its hot shoe in terms of functionality and performance. The company also made a fundamental design change when moving to the EOS R system. Canon moved the screw seating from the top of the camera to inside the underside. While people with wobbly, loose hot shoes could previously tighten the screws themselves with a simple tool and minimal risk of breaking the camera or violating a warranty, it is no longer possible with Canon's recent mirrorless camera bodies. Quote, My R6 is away on extended warranty with Mac for a loose hot shoe, writes Reddit user R. Canon. There are four tiny screws from the inside of the camera that come off. It has to be completely disassembled. In that same Reddit post, someone says they experienced the issue on their R5. It was fixed for free under warranty, but they said that the repair would have cost them 600 Canadian dollars. A separate Reddit user had their loose hot shoe fixed outside of warranty and paid 189. Again, while tempting to try to avoid repair charges, this is probably not an issue that users should attempt to fix on their own 
at least not without understanding the risks. One Redditor tried to fix their hot shoe issue and ended up breaking a ribbon cable inside their R5, rendering it unusable. It should be noted that loose hot shoes are not a new phenomenon. It is something that journalists and even event photographers or anyone who regularly uses the hot shoe have dealt with to varying degrees for a long time. The problem and the reason why there are so many people talking about the R5 and R6 online is that Canon has taken the solution to this uncommon problem, but not wholly unique camera maintenance issue out of the hands of its users. There is even a change.org petition started in 2021 by John Winters that has more than 1,500 signatures. Quote, Canon has changed the design of the hot shoe on at least their R5 and R6 camera models. Over a very short period of time, 18 months or less from the purchase date, the hot shoe becomes incredibly loose, causing attached flashes to wobble, lose contact with the hot shoe, and eventually completely fall off the body of the camera, writes Winters. He continues, we in the photo community have been sharing our experience with this problem for the last few months and believe that this is a product defect and should be addressed. Petapixel reached out to Canon ahead of publication, but the company's current stance is no comment. Petapixel will update this article if that changes. If Canon employees keep an eye on Canon's official community forums, there is little doubt that the company has heard about the issue. There are multiple posts they're lamenting the problem. One user writes, quote, has anyone else had trouble with the hot shoe coming loose on your R5? I have had my R5 less than a year and had to send it into Canon and they want $450 to fix it. I'm so upset and this makes me want to switch to Nikon for not standing behind their very expensive camera. Just wondering if anyone else has had this issue. Multiple respondents say they have also had that issue, with one saying that a local Canon reseller fixed the issue for free. Another Canon forum user writes, quote, I own a Canon R6. I love it. During my photo shoot today, my flashes were misfiring. I noticed my hot shoe was loose. I started to look up solutions and found that this is an ongoing problem with some Canon DSLR cameras. That's a misquote. It should be mirrorless cameras. I also found that in the R line, they have changed the design, which renders the users unable to easily fix the issue. Without a hot shoe, I won't be able to fully use the camera. I reach out to tech support. They refuse to acknowledge that this is a problem with the R5 and R6. This costs $400 to fix. What guarantee do I have that this won't happen again in another 18 months? There are supposed to be top-of-the-line cameras for Canon. Canon, please acknowledge that this is a problem. Please come up with an alternative solution to your clients having to spend $400 every year to use the basic function of the camera. In another post, a photographer asked if they should apply Loctite externally to their EOS R5, having experienced a failed hot shoe with their EOS R camera. Quote, though Canon support would not recommend adding Loctite on the hot shoe, modifications to the camera typically are not covered by the manufacturer's warranty, and it, if it gets further into the camera, it could cause internal damage. If a hot shoe becomes loose, we would recommend sending the camera into the factory service center for repairs, as you did in this case, replies the Canon product expert. 
The expert then adds, quote, to help reduce damage to the hot shoe, we would recommend making sure the flash is firmly attached to reduce movement as you use the camera. When you are transporting the camera or storing it, we would recommend taking the flash out of the hot shoe. This will help reduce stress on the hot shoe itself. The product expert also recommends that people provide feedback to Canon if they experience issues with Canon products. It is not clear if product experts or Canon on Canon forums are employees of Canon or just moderators that are unpaid volunteers. There are also posts about the topic on DP Reviews Forum, including this post and this more recent one from last month. In the newer post, a Canon EOS R5 owner asks, was I not supposed to use a flash on it? The photographer then adds that Canon is charging him $500 for the repair. Another popular online photography forum, Fred Miranda, has posts about the topic. One user even had the bad luck to experience the same issue on both of their Canon R6 cameras. It is vital to put the issue into context. While there are many reports of Canon EOS R-series camera owners having problems with loose hot shoes, many signatures on the Change.org petition and numerous YouTube tutorials to help people fix loose hot shoes at home, there is undoubtedly a vast number of EOS R users who have not had any issues with their R5 or R6 or other Canon mirrorless bodies. After all, Petapixel has not heard about this issue until today, and everyone on the team pays close attention to the happenings in the photo industry. Some writers even own and use R5 and R6 cameras themselves for years without any problems. While it is impossible to know the full scope of the issue, it is a very easy step to understand that preventing users from tightening hot shoe mount screws from the top of the camera is a bizarre choice that has ultimately inconvenienced some owners and even put some Canon shooters out hundreds of dollars. Despite Canon's cameras being the R, uh, including the R5 and 6 being very good, the hot shoe design is unfriendly to photographers. And I thought this was a good story to cover this week because I have heard of this issue um, from various sources in the past. Not a lot of people have had the issue that I know of that own either of these bodies, but I have heard of it. And I did have a couple of incidences back when I shot Canon DSLRs where my hot shoe would work itself loose. But as explained in this article, in those days, you could tighten it back down yourself using a small screwdriver and tightening the screws on the outside of the camera, which was a heck of a lot more convenient. DaVinci Resolve's massive version 18.5 update is finally available. After announcing it in April, Blackmagic has finally released the mammoth DaVinci Resolve version 18.5 update that adds more than 150 new features to the popular video editing platform. DaVinci Resolve 18.5 has been in public beta since April, but is now finally being released as complete and ready for full public launch. The update, which is free to existing customers, is now available to download from Blackmagic's support portal and adds a host of new features that are poised to dramatically change how editors use the platform. Blackmagic says that it has made multiple cut page improvements, including multiple time display, uh, timeline displays and improvements, edit actions, and reorganized toolbar, added support for Blackmagic cloud presentations, and leveraged the DaVinci Neural Engine to create subtitles from audio as well as provide the ability to perform text-based editing in studio. 
Version 18.5 also adds support for universal scene description-based workflows in Fusion, along with new Fusion multi-merge tool for compositing multiple layers. Blackmagic says that it has also made multiple remote monitoring improvements, added support for fast per-timeline backups and per-timeline resolve color management. It has also added support for edit and mix groups in uh, Fairlight and artificial intelligence-based audio classifications in Studio. A full breakdown of all the new features can be found in Petapixel's original coverage, Quote, this is a major new release with tools that have been specifically designed to speed up workflows, Grant Petty, Blackmagic Design CEO, said in April when the update was announced. Quote, the AI tools such as Resolve FX Free Light, which adds light source tools for colorists, universal scene descriptors for file uh, files for improved collaboration with VFX artists, AI audio classification for audio engineers and speech-to-text editing all speed up work uh, project workflows and allow customers more time to be creative. The new menus on the cut page also make it faster and simpler to use. I can't wait to hear how new customers have used these new tools to work not only faster, but also more creatively. Of note, the DaVinci Resolve installer now includes a new standalone application called Blackmagic Proxy Generator Lite, Additionally, the DaVinci Resolve Studio installer includes the new Blackmagic Pro, uh, Proxy Generator and the new DaVinci Resolve Monitoring app. Finally, a new version of the DaVinci Resolve Project Server can be downloaded for Mac OS and Windows from the Blackmagic Design Support page. And I thought this was a good article to cover today. I'm a user of DaVinci Resolve. I really like the software. I have been trying to download the 18.5 update, but I keep having problems with it, probably because our internet's not the fastest here in the boonies, and the update is almost 5 gigs in size. But we'll keep trying and let you know how we make out next week. Enormous $30,000 photography grant is now accepting entries. The W. Eugene Smith Fund has announced it is now accepting applications for its 44th annual grant in humanistic photography, which carries a top prize of $30,000, one of the most valuable grants for photographers in the world. In addition, a second $10,000 grant will be awarded as a fellowship, while a third finalist that the organization deems worthy of special recognition will earn a $5,000 grant. Finally, the Smith Fund is also accepting applications for its sixth annual Eugene Smith Student Grant, which will honor the the top student entry with a $3,000 grant, and it is open to all collegiate-level students enrolled in full or part-time programs. Since 1979, the Smith Fund has awarded over $1.2 million to photographers for their past work or proposed projects. Quote, the W. Eugene Smith Grant in Humanistic Photography is presented annually to a photographer whose past work and proposed project, as judged by a panel of experts, follows the tradition of W. Eugene Smith's dedicated compassion and humanistic approach to his subject subjects throughout his career as a photographic essayist. The Smith Fund says, past recipients have included Maxim Dungyuk, 2022, Nicola Filopo Rosso, 2021, Sabina Simon, 2020, Mark Peterson, 2018, Chris, Chris Ann Johnson, 2011, Stanley Green, 20, 2004, 
Garcella Iturbide, 1987, Donna Ferrato, 1985, and Gene Richards, 1981. Last year, the fund awarded its mammoth grant to Maximum Donkyuk for the series Ukraine 2014 to 2022, of which one of the photos can be seen above. It is a chronicle of Ukraine's fight for independence that has been ongoing for more than the better part of a decade, and most recently through Russia's full-scale invasion of the country in February of last year. That series can be seen on the Smith Fund's website along with the other finalists from last year's grant. Quote, none of the grants presented by the Smith Fund are endowed and rely entirely on corporate contributions, foundation grants, and individual donations to fund its grants and fellowships. This year, funding was drastically reduced due to the global economic downturn, leaving the Board of Trustees with a difficult decision for this year's grant cycle, the Smith Fund says. Quote, the annual Howard Chapnick grant, which is presented to an individual or entity for the support of photojournalists, will not be presented this year. This will allow the Smith Fund to support its core Smith grant and fellowships in the short term, while raising additional funding to reestablish the Chapnick grant and build its reserves for future grants. Interested photographers can submit their applications for the 44th Annual Grant in Humanistic Photography, as well as for the student grant on the organization's website. And I think this is a great grant, and if you are a photographer, you definitely want to consider getting your application in as soon as possible for your chance to be awarded. Insurance company flew a drone to take photos of man's house and then canceled his policy. A customer claims that he was dropped by his longtime home insurance company based on photos taken by a drone over his property. According to a report by ABC7 News Bay Area on Wednesday, C.J. Sveen was shocked when he received a termination notice from his homeowner's insurance on his property in Oakley, East Bay. ABC 7 News Bay Area reports that wildfire season is underway at this time of year in the San Francisco Bay Area, and homeowner insurance is increasingly scarce. Some companies are refusing to write new policies, while others are dropping loyal customers. According to Sveen, he was told by his longtime home insurance carrier, California State Automobile Association, or CSAA, insurance group, that it was letting him go after photos taken over his property showed hazards in his yard. Quote, apparently they had some pictures and they noticed clutter, Sveen tells ABC7 News Bay Area. The notice said that CSAA found debris, hazardous conditions, tires, or a dilapidated car in his yard. Sveen's house is reportedly not in a fire zone, and he had never filed a single claim in 15 years. Sveen was confused as to how the CSAA would have taken photos of these items. The homeowner tells ABC7 News Bay Area that he had seen drones fly over his property before, but that he had never taken much notice of the devices. Sveen decided to call CSAA and find out for himself, although the company would not show him the pictures. Sveen claims that CSAA told him that it had sent a drone over his property. Quote, and they said, oh, we sent over a drone and like they have done or they have a drone that they send over my property just flew into my yard. So I was very, very shocked. Yeah, Sveen says. Zveen felt his privacy privacy had been intruded on by the supposed drone. Furthermore, he says the CSAA would not let him see the drone photos nor give him a chance to clear his yard so he could reinstate his policy. 
I guess the old school way would be to knock on your door. I guess they don't do that anymore. They send a drone, Steen says. Later, according to ABC7 News Bay Area, the CSAA backtracked and told Sveen that it did not use a drone. The company does not perform surveillance on insured properties using drones. In a letter, the CSAA said it may review proprietary aerial imagery to assess risk. The company tells ABC7 News Bay Area that the images may have been captured by fixed-wing airplane or satellite instead. But the CSAA would reportedly still not show those images to the news outlet or Sveen. ABC7 News Bay Area reports that insurance companies are increasingly using tools like aerial photography to assess the risk on a house. The CSAA told the news outlet that online services like Google Earth can give customers an insight into how companies assess the risk of insuring a home. And this does sound like a very, very shady practice on the part of the insurance company. And I personally find it offensive, um, primarily because, in my opinion, insurance companies are nothing but a massive scam. Uh, you can pay premiums for years and years, even decades, and never have a single claim. And then one little thing, and they cancel your policy or jack your rates way up. To give you a case in point, and I'm not trying to go on to a rant here, but I wanted to explain my thinking on this. I had a friend many years ago back home gentleman that was considerably older than myself that I worked with back when I worked at a company called Paper Magic. Now, this gentleman had been driving for over 40 years, had never had a single ticket or accident or claim in his entire life. And as he reached, he reached retirement age, he decided to treat himself to a new uh, Datsun 280ZX, which was a beautiful little sports car back in those days. And he bought the car and his insurance company told him that his policy was going to jump to $6,000 per year when it previously he'd been only paying like four or $500 a year for full coverage because of his age and his excellent track record. Now, stuff like that just infuriates the crap out of me and is more proof that insurance companies are more of a scam than anything else. I'm going to take a short break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we are back. Photomator and Pixelmator now support Fujifilm Compressed Raw. Photomator and Pixelmator Pro have been updated to support Fujifilm's Compressed Raw format, which is a format that Apple's Mac OS doesn't natively recognize. Pixelmator says that while compressed Fujifilm RAW files are not supported on Apple devices, the company has collaborated with Apple's engineers to create a new pipeline that allows editors to open and edit the file type in Pixelmator Pro and Photomator. 
Users can now open and edit compressed Fujifilm RAW files from the following camera models. The X-T2, X-T3, X-T4, X-T5, X-T20, X-T30, X-T30 Mark II, the X100V, X100F, X-E3, X-E4, X-H1, X-H2, X-H2S, XS10, X-Pro2, X-Pro3, GFX50R, GFX50S, and the GFX100S. Additionally, compressed and uncompressed RAW files from the new Fujifilm XS20 are also now supported in Photomator and Pixelmator Pro on macOS 13 and iOS 16. Quote, compressed Fujifilm RAWs can be edited just like any other images, the company says. Pixelmator Pro actions in AppleScript and the Shortcuts app also work with compressed Fujifilm RAWs. This lets users edit multiple RAW photos at, at a time, change colors, crop, convert RAWs to different file formats, and more. Both applications also received a set of other updates along with the support for Fujifilm Compressed RAW. Pixelmator Pro version 3.3.9 introduces what the company says are significant improvements to the denoise tool and allows users to adjust the amount of noise they want to remove from images. A full list of changes, which include some minor bug fixes to Pixelmator Pro, can be found on the company's website under the 3.3.9 update. Photomator Pro, uh, version 3.0.10 lets editors work with LUTs, lookup tables, and color adjustment presets more easily by allowing them to add LUTs to preset collections, always show preset names, and more. Pixelmator Pro has also made some specific changes to the iPad version of the application and now allows editors to copy and paste color adjustments between photos using keyboard shortcuts. The full list of updates, which includes bug fixes and feature updates on both Mac and iPad OS, can be found on Pixelmator's website under the Photomator 3.0.10 update. The updates for Photomator and Pixelmator Pro are available starting today and are included for subscribers to the software. And that's great that they've added support for the Fujifilm compressed RAW files. I know it'll make a lot of people very happy to have those capabilities. A couple finds out that their videographer is banned from wedding venue. A couple found out that the videographer they had hired for their wedding was banned from the venue where they were due to tie the knot. Talking to the photography subreddit, the anonymous bride says the venue immediately alerted her to the situation after disclosing who the videographer would be. Quote, the planners also stated that this vendor was aware that they were banned as they've had this come up with a few other brides, she writes. Naturally, the bride asked for a refund on the deposit she had paid to the videographer. Quote, the videographer followed up by stating that deposits are typically non-refundable, but that their spouse also has a video film company, the bride writes. Quote, they stated, I could keep my deposit by hiring them. They stated they really do the edits and the spouse shoots often. The bride says she was uncomfortable with the proposal and didn't need the unnecessary stress. Plus, the venue had also referred to a they, making it sound like perhaps it was both the videographer and his spouse that were banned. It was made clear to the bride that the venue owner specifically has a policy for that videographer. 
Quote, am I in the wrong, she asks. Should I be refunded my deposit in this case? It's over $500. Had this not been discovered now, I would have had a serious issue on the day of my wedding. Quote, to me, this has nothing to do with me wanting to cancel. It's this ven- that this vendor cannot provide the service. In a later post, the bride says she obtained more information and was told that this is not a single incident, but in fact, several incidents and attorneys have gotten involved. Quote, so I'm not really sure how the videographer would have been completely blindsided, she says. While it remains unclear as to exactly what the videographer had done to get themselves banned, the bride kept asking the camera team for a refund. The groom also tried calling, but no one answered. But the bride recently posted to say she has now received her refund. This week, Petapixel podcast discussed this strange incident. Quote, I just want to know where where they banned were they banned because of something they did while filming another event at this venue, or did they just show up as a guest and get drunk and trash the place? Asks Petapixels Jordan Drake. And that is definitely one heck of a soap opera story right there. OM's new medical TG6 housing can withstand superheated sterilization. OM System has created a housing for the tough TG6 camera that can be autoclaved, making it ideal for use in the medical field. Autoclaves are dedicated medical-grade sterilizers that use a combination of steam and pressure to kill all forms of viruses, fungi, spores, and bacteria placed inside. The highly effective method creates a super hot environment of 250 degrees Fahrenheit or 121 degrees Celsius, in addition to about 15 pounds per square inch of pressure and will hold there for between 30 and 60 minutes, completely cleaning and sanitizing anything placed inside. Autoclaves are used in the industrial and medical fields because they are 100% effective at fully cleaning objects that come into contact with biohazardous materials or fluids. While effective autoclaves can't be used on everything because the harsh sterilization environment is capable of not only destroying pathogens, but also the object that might want to be cleaned. Medical or veterinary professionals who might want to take photos during surgery for record-keeping or educational purposes very likely do not have a way to fully sanitize compact cameras, which means they aren't generally used because the method that could be used to clean them was prohibitively expensive. Quote, until now, many cameras used in clean areas were only compatible with gas sterilization, which was burdensome due to the introduction introduction costs, operating costs, and management processes after sterilization, OM Systems explains. The company chose to address this problem and develop the MH-STP01 housing for the Tough TG6 camera that gives users full control of the camera but is robust enough to withstand an autoclave. The MH series is compatible with general-purpose high-pressure steam sterilizers, making it possible to reduce operating costs compared to cameras compatible with gas sterilization. OM Systems continues, quote, The tough TG6 is also dust-proof, splash-proof, and shock-proof, so you don't need to take special care when handling it, giving you more freedom when shooting. The housing is made of lightweight PPSU or polyphenol uh, sulfone, which OM System says is commonly used for baby bottles and other medical equipment. The company says that the design of the housing is meant to reduce the risk of equipment contamination when installing and removing the TG6 camera as well. 
It comes with a guide unit that allows the camera to be loaded without touching the housing. In addition to its use in medicine, OM Systems proposes that the MH-STP01 could also be used in veterinary care for education purposes, as well as in food manufacturing and hygiene management. The OM System MH-STP01 would be available on September 22nd for 289,800 yen, or about 2065 US dollars. And I think this is really awesome that OM Systems has come up with this housing for this camera so that it can be more safely and easily used in the medical field. My hat's off to them for coming up with that really clever design. And last for this week, heartwarming moment, Kingsguard breaks protocol to pose for photo. A member of the King's Garden London has won praise and touched hearts after moving to pose in a photo with the lo- a boy who has Down syndrome. The King's Guard has a ferocious reputation and is perhaps best known for screaming at tourists rather than generous acts of kindness, but the soldier made an exception for the young man. As the boy went up to get a photo with, with his minder, Mike Van Erp, the soldier took a step forward uh, toward them to help get a better shot. Initially, the boy and Van Erp looked startled, but quickly realized the nice gesture the soldier was making. Later in the video, the soldier resumes normal service, ignoring the other tourists who stand near him for a photo. Talking to, uh, taking to Twitter, Van Erp, who is best known as Cycling Mikey, cleared up some confusion around the video, which initially got the details wrong. Quote, the young lad isn't autistic. He has Down syndrome, explains Van Erp. I'm also not his dad, although I'd be proud to be. Van Erp says the act of generosity, quote, left me with tears in my eyes for a few evenings. Quote, I've worked for his family and him for decades now. We were out on a cycle ride on my tandem bicycle and stopped by the house uh, horse guards parade, he says. Quote, I am very grateful to the soldier. I'm lucky I had a good parent. Uh, I had good parents and went to a Jesuit school that cared about me and taught me well. Same for the young lad I'm with, tears in my eyes. It makes a change to how the King's Guard usually behaves as they've been known to barge through hapless photographers, scream at tourists for touching their horse and for standing too close. Quote, much respect for this King's Guard. He was aware of the situation and acted with honor, writes James Jones. Quote, the act of kindness brought a lump to my throat. What a sweetheart he is. Your kindness will come back to you, young man, adds Jane Malley. While the guards nay, uh, while the guard may seem like part of the British tourist experience, they are professionals who are trained to protect King Charles III and his family. And as I've mentioned before on this show, please don't mess with the King's Guard. They are not there as a tourist attraction. And my hat's off to this particular soldier for being so kind to the young man with Down syndrome. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. 
I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's it for episode 361 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. If you're not currently a subscriber, why not? It doesn't cost you a thing and only takes a moment of your time to hit the subscribe button. Do it now, please. So, and share the show out with all your friends and family on social media and ask them to give it a listen and a subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. Also, remember to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, turn on all notifications, and make sure if you haven't already, get your entry in for my 10,000 subscriber giveaway. Uh, that is wrapping up this weekend, and I will be picking the lucky winner soon and reaching out to them to see if I can make contact and allow them to collect their prize. I want to thank everybody that has subscribed to the channel thus far. It is truly appreciated. That is it for this episode. I will see you all again on Thursday.